for these social entrepreneurs. I think what's what makes them different is transformation. And so uh, are you providing something that wasn't there already, right? Which is what you were doing, right? And so that to us is impact when you can transform the lives of individuals. Welcome to the Next Gen Banker podcast, where we explore what's next in banking and talk with innovators responsible for creating positive change in the financial sector. I'm Becca Heft, Chief Brand Officer at Sunrise Banks, and I am joined today with my colleague, Brian Toft, Chief Revenue Officer at Sunrise Banks. Yeah, thanks, Becca. I have been looking forward to this episode uh, because I'm fascinated by the study of leadership. And today's guest has interviewed hundreds of leaders, especially purpose-driven leaders. So we're speaking with Kevin Edwards today of Real Leaders, and he hosts a podcast called Real Leaders Podcast, and it's a top 100 podcast for both U.S. and Canada business news. So really looking forward to learning more about Kevin's perspective on purpose-driven leadership. Awesome. Okay, before we jump in, though, I want to remind everyone to stick around to hear our musical feature at the end of the episode. Each Next Gen Banker episode showcases one new musical artist from somewhere around the world, representing a wide range of genres. So be sure to check it out. I want to give some background on Kevin before he joins us here. So Kevin is the Vice President of Growth at Real Leaders. And as I mentioned, the host of the Real Leaders podcast. Check it out. It's awesome. Since 2015, he's conducted more than 500 interviews of top leaders and talked with many of them about a subject close to our heart, which is doing good. If you love learning about leadership and leaders from a wide variety of backgrounds, definitely check it out. Real Leaders, Kevin works for, is a membership community for impact leaders with a global media platform dedicated to driving positive change. So, Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. Um, I'd like to just dive right in, if you guys don't mind. Uh, You spent your entire career talking to leaders, Kevin, across industries about their motivations and goals beyond simple profits. So what motivates these leaders towards a bigger purpose? Well, interesting, interesting question. I think that just maybe it's inherent. I don't know, maybe it's just the climate that shifted them. But I think what they all have in common is that they all want to change the world, right? And they see business as a way of doing that, as a vehicle for doing that. So um, what motivates them? I I I think it's pretty simple, right? I mean, look around. The climate's changing. Demographics are changing. uh, And if you're an entrepreneur who likes solving problems, there's plenty of those out there. So how do we solve these in a scalable, exponential way? I think is what's very interesting uh, to a lot of these entrepreneurs who don't necessarily want to go into it this looking at through the lens of a nonprofit, which traditionally, you know, aren't as scalable, might be relying on donations or government grants or loans. How do you actually solve these problems to uh, fill the need uh, of a lot of consumers and people out there and businesses out there alike? So. Um, I think that that's what drives a lot of these entrepreneurs. Uh, they want to solve the world's problems and make money while doing it. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? So um, that's that's what I think drives these individuals. And it's uh, it's uh, when you got a triple bottom line, right? People plan and profit. They all are in alignment. Uh, that's something special. And people want to work for those companies. So uh, what a fun life that would be, right? So Seriously. Yeah. It reminds me, and it's a perfect segue into my next question because – it reminds me of when in my 20s, I had started this social enterprise with a couple of neighbors of mine in Chicago. 
And um, Walter was from Nairobi, uh, and he was talking to myself around the community that he grew up with in Kenya and the struggles that they had. And so we built this business called Kiando Originals back in the early 2000s, 90s. And what we found really fast, and it was great because what we were doing is we were importing leather goods from single moms. And then literally we would give most of the money back um, except to cover our costs. And so what we found, though, is that, number one, I learned a bunch about importing and exporting, more than any person should know, but it was critical. And then it it only lasted about 18 months. We crashed and burned financially. We just could not build that sustainable model. So my question to you, and based on all of these leaders that you've talked to on Real Leaders Podcast, if you know of an entrepreneur or an individual who's looking to build a socially driven business, what do you think would be the first step or first piece of advice that you would give them? Well, I think you got to start with intention, which which sounds like which, what you started with, right? Uh, you got to start with intention, figure out what your core values are. What's the vision? What's the mission? What's the purpose? How is that going to align with your career and kind of making money, right? Uh, and then next comes the model. What's the model that you want to have? Uh, are you selling B to B? Are you selling B to C? Uh, you know, uh, learn about you know expenses and revenues, right? Uh, and then the next thing you like through this process was sounds like it, you know this wasn't a negative process for you. Uh, this was more of a a learning process for you, Becca, uh, and, and that's really coming to, coming to learn about profitability. How can you become profitable? I mean, we talk about, you know, uh, you know Brian over here is talking about uh, revenue all the time, but, you know, what is EBITDA at the end of the day, right? How, how can you sustain profitability? And then, you know, fourthly, uh, accountability. How can you be accountable for everything that happens in, in the company? When you're an entrepreneur, you got to know everything. Uh, and so how are you accountable for yourself? How, how do you create a culture of accountability? And how do you make sure that you're accounting for those, those line items that are really important? And then fifth, I'd say customers. You got to be a customer-centric you know, centric, uh, company in today's day and age. Customers are always changing. The tailwinds are always changing. Uh, motives, incentives, the economy is going up and down. People are changing based, you know, th- what they're you know, going to be spending on based on what's happening out in the world. Uh, and then lastly, for these social entrepreneurs, I think what's what makes them different is transformation. And so uh, are you providing something that wasn't there already, right? Which is what you were doing, right? And so that to us is impact when you can transform the lives of individuals. So intention, model, profitability, accountability, customers, and transformation, that's what we call impact at Real Leaders. And that's what I think are kind of the core traits of a lot of the uh, leaders that have had the opportunity to interview over the past couple of years. That almost sounds like a book that could be written. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we we actually started a course. Uh, it hasn't launched yet, but I've, I've taken the, the best parts of a lot of these interviews and packaged them into a course. So if anyone you know, listening to this or if you guys want to take it or you know, it's it's free online uh, right now. So I uh, haven't launched it yet, but maybe, I don't know, if, if you're interested in it, go online, uh, realleaders.com, or just email me at kevin at realleaders.com. Would love uh, any individual to take it for free and let me know what they think. Wow. It sounds like I need to check that out. I yeah, think I, you do, Mega. That does sound <laughs> yep. great. Um, kevin at real-leaders.com. Is that what it was? Okay. That, that's it, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Thanks great. So you mentioned that your podcast is all about leadership. 
and you talk to a ton of different leaders, amazing leaders from all over. And I was wondering, I wanted to ask you, how would you define leadership? And the other part of that question is, as you talk to all these leaders, they all have different things to say about leadership and how they lead. What are some of the lessons that stick out to you after all the podcasts you've done? I'd say my my definition, I always ask people on the show, Brian, if you listen to this, what is your definition of a real leader? And so what I've learned is there's no one yeah. definition, right? Yeah. Everyone has yeah. their own leadership, which I think says a lot. Right? I think it yeah. says a lot about people. You got to be authentic, right? So I think that's what real leaders embody is, is that authenticity. That's what a real leader is to us. But for me personally, like my definition is it's pretty relaxed. It's like, you know, it's a, a leader is somebody who can connect with a bunch of different people in a bunch of different ways. And if enough people are connected, then inherently you have a movement. And when you have a movement, a real leader never sacrifices their core values, which is what made them authentic in the first place. You know, so think about it, you know, never sacrificing your core values for the sake of just profitability, for a new deal, uh, for quantity over quality, right? And so I think that's what kind of uh, differentiates a real leader versus uh, simply a leader. And I think you use the word movement, which I really, um, as chief brand officer at Sunrise, that's really important to me. Um, that to me is a really interesting concept around being a movement instead of just a logo. Absolutely, Brian. Yeah, and and you you almost, what you said is almost a paradox. So you said like, you know, you have to connect with people and you have to hold true to your core values. And that's a really difficult thing to do because in order to connect with people, you have to change, you have to adapt. And in order to lead, you have to change and you have to adapt. And yet you have to have this founding sense of core values and core principles that guide you um, through that adaptability and through that change. That's not an easy thing to do. No, absolutely not. Uh, I think it's the, what's it's the movie, uh, Spider-Man with Peter Parker, right? It's like, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, if you're ever in a situation, you have to act in the best interest of the people that have put their faith in you, that you represent, you know, so, you know, easier said than done. I'm sure we've all been there. I've been there where, you know, you, you want to make decisions that are, are best for your interest, maybe for your, your own pockets. Um, and that's what kind of got us in the, this problem in the first place, right? Short-sightedness. So our real leaders, our vision is where uh, leaders can leave a world far better than they found it. Mm -hmm. And I think as a, as a B Corp as well at Sunrise Banks, there's the slogan using business as a force for good, which brings me to your actual real leaders list that um, you put out every year. And we've been very grateful and honored to be on that list for the past four years, uh, which we're Again, I mean, we're very excited to be on there. But one of the things that I know as a consumer is I use that list to determine who do I want to do business with? Where are the companies that I can trust? And so I would love to learn just a little bit about how your team puts together that list and why it's important to do this specifically in the financial sector. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Yeah, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on that as well. You know, I want to know how it's helped Sunrise Banks, you know, over the past four years. And, and again, we always appreciate any application that we receive. And and we love uh, seeing Sunrise, Sunrise Banks on the on the awards list every single year. Um, I would say, I mean, 
it started with kind of how we define success, right? And so you have your success magazines, you have your Forbes magazines and your Fortune 500, and they all have these lists, right? And primarily it's kind of what I was talking about earlier is they reward success on profitability and revenue alone, which is all good, all good, right? We Companies need to be profitable and they need to have revenue, right? Two key important things. But where we wanted to make a change is we wanted to represent and empower the impact companies that are in business to be a force for good. And we see that as success. And we see that as the next gen of businesses. And so we wanted to, as a part of our mission to unite far-sighted leaders to transform a short-sighted world, to achieve a world where leaders leave things far better than they found it, we wanted to create a community. And one way to do that was to rank and reward companies for their impact. And so we started, and I have to give the nod to uh, Big Path Capital, who, who kind of brought us the idea. And we kind of integrated this formula, which is called a force for good formula. So we were working with B Labs at the time, we were working with Big Path Capital. And the idea behind this formula is we wanted to rank companies on their five-year growth, so their growth rate, uh, times their uh, gross annual revenue of their previous year, multiplied by their, their certified uh, B impact assessment score. And so um, at the first year, we were only taking in uh, B Corps to recognize uh, this growing movement and to kind of piggyback on that movement. And then we opened it up for more companies to kind of get inside and, and see that, hey, look, maybe if I took the B impact assessment, I'd score higher next year. Right. And so that's that's what we've done over the past four years now coming on the fifth year, which, by the way, just opened up uh, last week. So if you want to apply, go online to realers.com. Uh, but but that's really why we, we do it. And so when you come on, we want to one, we want to build your credibility. So we're, we'll, we give away the license of the logo for free so people can put it on their website. Right. They can put it on their email signature. They can put it on their LinkedIn. They can be a part of the social media blitz campaign. Um, and then we want them to integrate it into their sales strategy, right? So they can uh, find other companies on that list. They can say, hey, I was in the, you know, ranked on the top 200 impact companies. And so it just kind of, it's, it's just another touch point for a lot of these companies to sell better, to, I guess, uh, improve their credibility, to build uh, stronger relationships and, and gain that trust immediately. Um, and, and then the last one uh, for the awards is, um, well, we want in the impact investing community, we want Sunrise Banks, we want the the investors out there to find these companies, right, that they can't find themselves or have the time to do, and make sure that they're a credible organization, right? If they're on the top 200 impact list, they're high growth, they're high impact, and most of the time their CEOs are high performing. So um, that's that's why we do it. So those three things is what, what I think uh, has made the award so successful over the past four years. And coming on the fifth year, we're hoping to get it to 300. So um, um, a lot of things are going on. So appreciate the question. The connection that I see with what you just talked about, Kevin, to the concept that we talk about here at Sunrise is mission times margin. So to multiply your mission, you grow your margin. To multiply your mission, you grow, like it's it's back and forth, right? It's so interconnected and interdependent of each other. And so when I look at, or when I, I listen that. to this formula of five-year growth, gross avenue, 
gross annual revenue and the assessment score by B Impact. It makes complete sense to me. And I have to say, thanks for doing this because again, as a consumer, it's important to me to know where I spend my money. Absolutely. It's it's helpful for me. It's helpful for me to know kind of what companies are out there. And, and we do a myriad of lists, actually. It's not the only one. We had the Eco Innovation Awards that just came out, ranking the top 50 eco-innovative projects that are happening last year. So new projects that companies are taking on, pretty cool list. And then uh, last, in this, well, I guess Q4 we'll have, and, and last Q4 we had is the top 50 impact investing list. And so if you're an entrepreneur that's going out there trying to raise capital, you know, you want to align yourself, your social enterprise, great list for that as well. I love that you've taken the Forbes idea, you know, this list idea and added another dimension so people can see that achievement from a profitability standpoint and then that impact and how that how that works together. And as Becca mentioned, we found it works together very well. You don't sacrifice one for the other. It actually multiplies on itself. Uh, and I think a lot of companies are finding that. Um, and, and part of the reason, I think, is because of what you said and what Becca said, which is trust, customer trust, and all these things that you're doing around the real leaders list, the certified B corporation, those are all accountability, as you said, in that impact score, that A, that accountability for a company to show that we're not just saying these things as Sunrise or real leaders, these other companies that are B corporations, we have to prove that we're doing them. And we have to prove it in a lot of different ways, from environmental to social, whatever it might be. And uh, that's really, um, really difficult thing to do but but well worth it uh, and as a consumer hopefully you know you can see that the impact is there and it's real um you know we were i was going to ask you about uh in this this trust line of questioning you know edelman which is a large pr agency does study consumers trust and they one recurring theme that that is in their kind of survey over the years is that as a company doing good is no longer a choice. It's it's a requirement. Consumers are demanding that company does good and that that social impact is a, is a positive one. How are you seeing this play out? Uh, in what areas are business leaders talking about this? What are they saying? You know, when they talk about like doing good, business as a force for good, are you, when you're doing your interviews and you're talking to these business leaders, how are they doing that? What are they thinking about? Um, what do you, what can you tell us about that? Well, I, I think anytime a, a PR agency is, says the word requirement, a lot of business owners kind of go, Ooh, you know, like what, what do you mean? Right. Because in the interviews that we've done, I guess one thing that stands out is it has to be authentic to mm. your brand right? If you layer it on top, if you're not really about it, it's going to wipe out the whole community. And what I mean by that is, is a term called greenwashing, right? If a company comes on and they say, hey, we've got this ESG score, we've bought this carbon credit project, we've done this, this, and that. And then years go, you know, two years go by and it hasn't really infiltrated the whole culture and, and the the community that they serve and all the stakeholders that, you know, touch the organization. It's going to, to fail and it's going to not have the impact that these consumers are wanting. And that in turn impacts the rest of, of the whole and, and companies like you, yours and mine. Right. And so um, the 
we want to be very careful, right? When we when we're talking about requirements and you have to do this, because um, we just want to make sure that it's very authentic to the core. And that's something that uh, Vincent Stanley, the director of philosophy at Patagonia, uh, shared in an interview of mine, and and that was his take. Let's start calling it responsible business, and let's focus on and, and you know if you want to be sustainable, just make sure it's at the core of what you do because it's a, it's more of a mindset and a mentality than it is um, you know strategy. So that that's that's what I'm hearing, Brian. That's that's what I think uh, a lot of the the people in the space are hearing. Um, but nevertheless, um, I think Edelman is right from our perspective that yeah. we we if we had not shifted. Um, or we would not be in a position uh, from what we're seeing now with, um, you know, uh, demographics changing, with the climate changing, with social media having a major influence on stock prices and uh, employment and attractive and all of those, you know, key points that you guys talk about in the Next Gen Banking Podcast. So um, I think because we're doing this, Brian, I think we will be in a better position. And I think I would be curious to know if you guys feel the same way about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it does have to be authentic. It goes back to what you said before. It's those core values. And uh, when the when a leader of an organization holds those core values uh, around these things, around, you know, what, what the B Corporation piece is, what B Labs cares about, what real leaders cares about, it sort of naturally comes together. Um, yeah. You know, I was going to, uh, you know, you mentioned the, was it the CEO of Patagonia you had? on the podcast the, uh director of philosophy one of the first workers at patagonia vincent really Stanley. yeah that, that's really fascinating and i know that you had uh, ken blanchard on who was the the author of one minute manager which is sort of an icon and you've had a lot of other interesting guests do you have a favorite guest that you've had on the podcast um an interview maybe that sticks out to you uh as maybe one someone could go check out as their introduction to the real leaders podcast I don't have a favorite guest. Uh, I can't cherry pick one. Uh, there's just been so many. I think the one that's had a major influence on me, though, has been Matthew Weatherly White, the co-founder of CapRock. Um, and he's he's since retired from the organization. But we did a, a full uh, video interview, sit down. It was like a two-hour conversation uh, where he flew from Idaho to meet with us and just loves to talk about this stuff uh, and, and wants to kind of influence others. And so if you're curious, you know, if you're in in, um, in banking and you're curious to know uh, how this all stuff, how this stuff works, how people in this space uh, think, um, what are some some tangible strategies to take away? I, I definitely recommend checking that podcast out. But we've had we've had a lot of folks come on the show. It's sometimes it's not business leaders. We had like Paul Stamets, who's like a mycologist, who's been on like the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's he was a very interesting interview. We've had uh, R and B artist Akon on the podcast two times, uh, where he flew like all the way from uh, Dubai just to do an interview, and that's a really funny story because that was actually one of our first like video in-person interview so you can imagine uh how much i was uh sweating beforehand um but uh but all in all it's it's been a great experience uh all of the leaders bring something new to the show um and we don't i personally don't do it for ratings for reviews uh, i do it because i'm curious 
Uh, and I'm sure you you both can attest to that with uh, from what you know we were talking about before the show, why you like doing it, how you guys are talking about improving. And, you know, it's just fun. It's fun to get to build connections in this space. It's fun to get to learn about uh, other individuals. Um, and I started as an intern uh, I, I, doing a road trip from Tucson, Arizona to Vancouver, Canada. We did 1,400 miles. We had 40 interviews uh, on you know, working on our own dime. And um, it's just because of the the, the consistent curiosity uh, that my partner and I had uh, to to capture the stories of uh, those folks in the groundswell movement, uh, social entrepreneurs, and bring those success stories alive to inspire purposeful careers. So that's kind of how I got into the space. Uh, it's a hobby for me. It's a passion project for me. Uh, it's it's the I tell people it's the best part of my job, uh, and I recommend that anyone uh, who has time to do it. Um, you know, step into a podcast. It's it's a great learning experience. And Kevin, um, if any of our listeners want to check you out, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us at real-leaders.com. That's real-leaders.com. Uh, you can check out the podcast. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, Google Play, any of those places. Uh, and just type in Real Leaders Podcast. And it's, just the, it's the red logo. Uh, it says Real Leaders on it with Kevin Edwards. Awesome. Thank you. So before we go, we always ask every one of our guests the same the same question. And I think, well, we didn't talk about banking or finance necessarily in this um, episode. We talked about building a movement. We talked about using business as a force for good. We talked about how Edelman um, is re- finding research that requires, that states that doing good is a requirement. And so when we look at and when we consider, you know, the the future of banking, I'd love to just pick your brain for this last question of what do you think that next gen banker looks like? You know, I saw that question and I was just like, I, you know, I don't know if I'm in the position to to speak on that. So I'd be curious to actually know what you guys think. But if I had to say something, I think, you know, banking is is really the headwinds, right? It's really what what makes this economy work? You inject money into the economy and you, and you pull it out and interest rates have a big impact on that. And so, you know, I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier and and your podcast really opened my eyes to kind of how all these bankers in the community think. And so if I had to say an answer, I'd probably take it from one of the interviews that I heard and that I think the next gen banker is going to be uh, really individualized. Uh, it's going to be someone who represents the community. It's going to be someone that understands the community. It's going to be someone that has experience. Uh, it's going to be someone who represents, you know, the IMPACT principles and those core values, um, and, and make sure that those who have been historically misrepresented, uh, misrepresented in the world, can now have the tools to build generational wealth. And that's going to take a big shift. And so I think the next gen baker is going to be exactly what you both are doing. And that's education. Education, we're not taught this in school. It needs to be taught in school. Uh, We're not taught this in college. And when you get out of college, you're not taught it after, of course. So I think the next gen baker, I think you guys have a big role to play in this entire movement. And I'm really looking forward to kind of hear more episodes from, from you guys and getting to learn about what you all think uh, the next gen uh, next gen banker looks like. So, um, really do appreciate you guys having me on the show. And um, yeah, I'm just again, it's, it's an exciting time to be alive. Let's just say that. 
It really is. And Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. We're honored to have been chosen for the Real Leaders Top Impact Company list and thrilled that every day you continue to shine a light on those that are doing good and equally thrilled that you are on this episode today. Thank you so much. No, of course. Yeah, Brian, Becca, appreciate you guys. Uh, Happy to be here uh, and looking forward to uh, staying connected. Thanks, Kevin. For this episode's musical feature, we're showcasing the choir. The choir is a Nashville-based, Grammy-nominated alternative rock band whose music has been described by the Los Angeles Times as magical songs that combine strains of murky psychedelia with pure pop. Here is, after all, featuring Leah Nash of Sixpence, None the Richer. Are we near specks of dust floating through the Milky Way? Are we here to learn to love? I think that's true. After All by The Choir, featuring Leah Nash. You can find The Choir's music on Spotify, Apple Music, and most other streaming platforms. If you would like your music featured on the Next Gen Banker podcast, email david at nextgen-banker.com with a link to your music and website. Thanks for listening to the Next Gen Banker podcast. We'll see you next time.